0: Well, this morning, the subject is um, something we um, are familiar with the scriptures on it. We know the scriptures. Uh, We talk about it a fair amount. Um, We practice it some. And what is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, actually, there's a lot of answers, aren't there? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess there's so many things that would fit. Uh, this morning, I um, preach on uh, a little bit on prayer. It's just going to be a very brief introduction to it because there's a lot that could be said. And uh, it's um, uh, about five... Four and a C, fourteen, five and a half years ago, I was asked to have this as a Sunday evening topic, assigned topic at the bank, um, and so a few of you might remember. But it was on effectual fervent prayer was uh, the um, the assignment, and uh, I won't uh, have near the time to cover uh, what I did there that evening. But um, let's turn to James five, James five. Uh, This is where we have uh, these words, the effectual fervent prayer, in James 5, uh, 16. But I'd like to read uh, 7 through 20. 7 through 20. Because there, that's here in my Bible, the heading of that section is called Patience and Prayer. James 5, 7 through 20. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea and your nay nay, lest ye fall into condemnation. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converts the sinner from the error of his way shall save his soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. It's interesting that we have patience here, treated, and then prayer. Now, in the song we sang, 321... Uh, this morning, one of the things that said teach me was teach me the patience of unanswered prayer, I think was the phrase. Um, and so how does what does that have to do with um, prayer? It says, uh, take my brethren the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction. And so um, sometimes when we're in affliction we tend maybe more to prayer than other times but i was thinking about uh, men uh, women who prayed uh, earnestly effectual fervent prayer and of course it mentions elijah here and it talks about him being just like we are and yet a pretty powerful prayer to pray it wouldn't rain for three and a half years and it didn't. <laughs> and then when they, and then he prayed and it rained real hard. So that's quite the example. But then I was thinking of maybe things that weren't wouldn't seem as quite as dramatic, and yet to the people involved, I'm sure it was like Hannah when she prayed for a son. And the Lord Eli said, The Lord heard your prayer? be answered thinking about David and his prayers and um, well a lot of prayers but prayers of um, confession like Psalm 51 Hezekiah that took his letter uh, to the temple laid it out before the Lord because he was facing an impossible situation so he just said well Lord here it is and um, and then uh, thinking about the example of suffering affliction all about Manasseh. Manasseh. And that yeah, that might seem kind of strange, but, um, and I'm not sure I have time to go into that one, but when Manasseh humbled himself, amazing. He was taken captive, very uh, treated very inhumanely. <laughs> But he was released to go back, after he humbled himself. Well, anyway, let's, uh, thinking about uh, effectual fervent prayer, let's turn to Luke 18, Luke 18. The uh, last part of the chapter, 35 to 43, Luke eighteen thirty-five, and it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging, and hearing a multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passes by, and he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. In other words, be quiet, shut up. But he cried so much the more, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, Jesus asked him, saying, What wilt thou that I shall do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I, might, I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith hath saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him glorifying God and all the people when they saw it gave praise unto God. Pretty marvelous, huh? Be nice if it happened that way to us, wouldn't it? But it just doesn't happen that way today, does it? Well, it does for some people. Maybe it's partly their faith. But uh, this blind man, and uh, he was Crying out to Jesus. Well, he had faith. He, he knew something about Jesus somewhere along the line. But uh, he cried out, and, and so Jesus said, what do you want? He said, well, I want to see. And Jesus said, okay, you see. Now, I thought about it uh, uh, one time reading. Uh, it stood out to me, reading Matthew right after the Sermon on the Mount. Um, when Jesus got came down from the mountain, he met this leper. I won't take time to read the verses. But the leper said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus touched him and said, I will be clean. And, and I had to think, did Jesus ever tell somebody, I won't? When somebody came, like the beggar, like the leper, and in other instances, just did Jesus ever refuse them? I, I can't. I can't think of any situation where he did. It was always "I will," and I think it's that same for us. Now I know we read in the scriptures, um, you know, we read conditions for answered prayer. Um, see what's it say in Psalms? Um, how does that verse go? And we are, yeah, if we regard iniquity in our heart, the Lord won't heal us. And sometimes we, uh, uh, sometimes maybe we feel like, well, I'm not as good as I should be, so maybe the Lord won't hear my prayer. And I don't think that's what that verse is saying. Um, you know, if I'm a rebel and I'm sinning deliberately, really. And sometimes God will even answer this kind of prayers when a person's desperate, you know. He calls out to God. But, yeah, in other words, uh, it's God's not just some genie that you rub the lamp and he'll do what you say. But God wants to, Jesus wants to bless us. And, uh, well, just moving on down through here, James, a little bit, looking here, And uh, I'm going to have to really uh, just kind of hit the surface here on some of these. um. In verse, uh, well, in verse 13, it says, uh, if there's any among you afflicted, and that word is only used three times in the New Testament, that Greek word. Uh, In Timothy, it's endure hardness in 2 Timothy 2.3, and in 2 Timothy 2.9, it's suffer trouble. So, is any among you afflicted, enduring hardness, having trouble? It's the idea. So, pray, pray. And uh, the word pray, um, I have that somewhere, I'm not quite sure. Uh, if, it, if it's the same as the word in, I think it's the same as the word in verse 14. There's a couple different words, Greek words, used for the word pray. We translate it into English. We just say pray, but it has slightly different meanings in the Greek. Uh, But anyway, the word pray in verse 14 is used 82 times, but it's to supplicate, to worship, to pray earnestly for. Uh, So I'm just running over some of this real fast. Uh, The word sick in 14 is any sick among you. And that means diseased, impotent, uh, weak. Uh, It's used of the impotent man at the pool. Uh, there at the pool of Bethesda in John 5, and it says, impotent man, it's the same word. Uh, uh, Lazarus, when it says Lazarus was sick, it uses this word. Uh, Dorcas, she was sick and she died. And the word sick is the same word here as the word sick. And so it's a pretty helpless, needy condition. And uh, are you sick? Call for the elders of the church and let them pray over over him. And... uh, then verse 15, and the prayer of faith. Okay, that word is only used three times in the New Testament. And the other two times, it's translated vow. And so it means, um, let's see, Strong says, um, it um, it's a wish, wish or however you say it, expressed as a petition to God or a votive obligation. So... Okay, and then the word sick uh, in 15 is another word for sick. It means faint or be wearied and so on. Um, and then the word, in pray, pray, the word pray in verse 16 is yet another word for prayer and, uh, and so on. And then and the word healed um, means to cure literally or figuratively. And, uh, so it's, it's used in Luke 4 18, where G, uh, uh, Jesus said, he's, He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And Hebrews, make straight paths of your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. And there's so much that could be said about these, but, um, I, um, I want to give, uh, some examples. Maybe I'll mention this yet. Um, In Luke 18, Luke 18, the um, talking about effectual fervent prayer and the parable that Jesus gave about the unjust judge. And maybe I'll just read those verses. Um, He spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint saying, There was in the city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man, and there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried they and not unto him, Though he bear along with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh shall he find faith on the earth. So there you have something about about uh, patience too. But it was it's interesting to me what Halley's Bible Handbook commented on this passage. Um if you don't have Halley's Bible handbook, you ought to. Uh, I have some extra ones. Uh, ask me if you need one. It's a it's a brief, I, I just like it. It's it's concise and brief. But this is what he says. When Jesus talked about prayer and faith, strange as some of his words may sound to us, he knew what he was talking about. He came out of the unseen world, and he was perfectly familiar with forces and powers that play behind the veil that we know nothing about. We ought not to be too determined to explain everything that Jesus said about prayer so as to bring it within range of our finite understanding. It might be If only we could apply ourselves with enough patience and persistence and perseverance to the practice of prayer that we could reach attainments that we do not ordinarily dream are possible. Jesus certainly meant something by these words. He did not talk just to hear himself talk. We think he was aiming to teach some of the most fundamental lessons of human existence for all mankind of all generations. God holds in his hands the workings and interworkings of the forces of the universe and is able to bring into play powers that we know nothing about to supplement and control those that we do know about, Jesus said that God may be induced to do this through our faith in Him. And so we do not under, we do not grasp. Jesus did. He came out of that world. We do not see. We do not grasp the warfare that's going on in the spiritual realm. And just like uh, Philip prayed for Clint, and uh, and so so when we are talking to God, when we're imploring God about things. We're bringing to bear spiritual power on these, on this spiritual conflict, these spiritual conflicts that are going on. Well, I want to uh, give an example uh, of an answer to prayer, and it's in this little book, God, You and That Man and the Three Goats. <clears throat> the title of this story is A Hot Water Bottle, and it's by Dr. Helen Rosavier. Sometimes the way God... She was uh, in the Congo back in the 50s. Sometimes the way God provided was almost shattering in its exactitude, and I marveled at those who had been so in touch with God that they had given exactly what he wanted given at the very moment he wanted it given, not that one should marvel at the perfect stirring of the Holy Spirit in the minds of believers. Presumably, one should expect this as the normal rather than see it as the exceptional. My cook, Anzio and I erected a small, one-roomed, mud-and-thatch building to serve as a clinic for the leprosy patients just behind the newly finished men's ward at our small hospital. We set off to Stanleyville, 350 miles to the southwest, for the needed medicines, bandages, and equipment. Eventually, the box of supplies arrived. Together, Anzio and I opened it. He excitedly drew out the large bottle of 10,000 tablets of the new Dapsone drug that had just replaced the painful injections of Chalmogra oil in the treatment of leprosy. I picked up the bill. 4,320 Belgian francs in 1954 worth 30 British pounds or about U.S. 90.50. Somewhat caustically, perhaps, I reminded God that I had not 50 pence available for paying the bill, let alone 30 pounds, and as He, Almighty God, had led me to start this particular clinic for the treatment of leprosy patients, I was sure that he would pay the bill, which I thereupon slipped into my Bible. The end of the month came. Mission rules demanded that all bills be paid by the end of the month. No debts were allowed. There was no money available to meet this bill of 30 pounds, 50 pence, none. There were no funds from which I could borrow. I felt cornered. Why had God not provided such a sum would be nothing to him it was the price of a cow perhaps but it was a fortune to me three or four months allowance in those days i went to work that saturday morning the first of the new month with a sense of grievance against god as i returned home at lunchtime anzio encouraged me to hurry saying there was a brown envelope waiting for me another missionary had sent it across apologizing that he had received it in his mail the previous day and had not noticed that it was addressed to me <clears throat> Excuse me, <clears throat> from our field leader's office, Anzio and I opened it together. I shook out the money, which he carefully piled and laboriously counted. I pulled out the statement. The total in the bottom right hand corner came to 4,800 Belgian Congo francs. A quick mental calculation showed the tithe at 480 francs, leaving exactly 4,320 francs. The total was made up of three gifts from an unknown couple in North America from two prayer partners in North Ireland, and from a Girls Crusaders Union class in Southeast England. The North American gift had been sent on the way some four months, transferred from our Philadelphia office to the London office, from London to Brussels, Brussels to Leopoldville, and finally up country to Paulus. Every transfer involved a certain percentage cost. At the end, the three gifts arrived together to make the exact sum needed. And the two gifts were designated for your leprosy work, and I did not have a leprosy work when the money was actually given. He knew, and he stirred hearts to give. And then it goes on with another story. On other occasions, material goods were given rather than cash. But equally, maybe I'll have the children come up and uh, make a children's meeting out of this. Uh, Why don't the children come up here on the front bench, I think. for you. Uh, I think anybody well under should come I had worked hard to help the mother in the labor ward, but in spite of all we could do, she died, leaving us with a tiny, premature baby and a crying two-year-old daughter. We would have difficulty keeping the baby alive as we had no incubator, we had no electricity to an incubator, and no special feeding facilities. Despite living on the equator, Way, the nights were often chilly with treacherous grass. One pupil midwife went for the box we had for such babies in the cotton wall they were wrapped in. Another went and stoked up the fire and filled a hot water bottle. She came back shortly in distress to tell me that in filling the bottle it had burst. Rubber perishes easily in tropical climates. And it is our last hot water bottle, she exclaimed. As in the West, it is no good crying over spilled milk, so in Central Africa it might be considered no good crying over burst hot water bottles. They do not grow on trees, and there are no drug stores down forest pathways. All right, I said, put the baby as near the fire as you safely can. Sleep between the baby and the door to keep it free from draughts. Your job is to keep that baby warm. And so um, they had this box that they put the baby in. Let's see. <coughs> they had a box with kind of a cotton lining. And so, so so, they put the box, and this, this year's student nurse, or practice midwife uh, girl, she was supposed to lay between the box and the and the door all night to keep the wind off the baby, see. So that was her job in the night. Okay? So now the story goes on. The following noon, I went to have prayers with any any of the orphanage children who chose together with me, as I did most days. I gave the youngsters various suggestions of things to pray about and told them about the tiny baby. I explained our problem about keeping the baby warm enough, mentioning the hot water bottle. The baby could so easily die if it got chills. I also told them the two-year-old sister crying because her mother had died. During prayer time, one ten-year-old girl Ruth prayed with the usual blunt incisiveness of our African children. Please, God, she prayed, send us a hot water bottle. It'll be no good tomorrow, God, as the baby will be dead, so please send it this afternoon. While I gasped inwardly at the audacity of the prayer, she added my way of corollary. And while you're about it, would you please send a dolly for the little girl so she'll know you really love her? As often the of children's prayers, I was put on the spot. Can I honestly say amen? I just did not believe that God could do this. Oh yes, I know he can do everything, the Bible says so. But there are lemons on right there, and I had some very big butts. The only way God could answer this particular prayer would be by sending me a parcel from the homeland. I in Africa for almost four years at that time, and I had never ever received a parcel from home. Anyway, if anyone did send me a parcel, it would put in a hot water bottle? I lived on the equator. Halfway through the afternoon, while I was teaching in the nurses' training school, a message was sent that there was a car at my front door. By the time I reached home, the car had gone, but there on the veranda was a large 22-pound parcel. I felt tears prickling my eyes. I could not open the parcel alone, so I sent for the orphanage children. Together, we pulled off the string, carefully undoing each knot. We folded the paper, taking care not to tear and undo it. Excitement was mounting. Some 30 or 40 pairs of eyes were focused on the large cardboard box. Okay. So here's the box. Okay, you're all going to have to help me see what's in here. So the first thing we have got to do is get the, get the, file. So let me get, when you get it, unpack, and I'm going to have to come down here. together we pulled off the string carefully undoing this and I. we folded the paper did care how out the carry undoing well we won't worry too much about it but we're not tearing the paper either. so, uh, so we're all looking at this was patients and the children looked a little bored so she pulled out these jerseys for the students and gave them the students and uh, so. and then the band as patients so y'all can get that out yeah, okay, you know what all this stuff is see there's some tape that's the tape that's okay, let's see what we got here. Now we got, we got raisins because it said uh, okay. Then can a boss and mixed raisins for candy. That would make a nice batch of buns for the weekend. Well, then, as I put my hand in again, I felt. Could it really be? I grasped it and pulled it out. Yes, a brand new rubber hot water bottle. So, so they had the hot water bottle. And then uh, I cried. I had not asked God to send it. I had not truly believed that he could. Bruce was in the front row of the children. She said, who's oh, 10 years old Are you 10? Well, anyway, it's a girl, so I guess you'll have to do it. Bruce was in the front row of the children. She rushed forward crying. If God sent the bottle, he must have sent the dolly, too. Rommaging down to the bottom of the box, what'd she find? which You know about that telephone number. Huh? Your parents, some of your parents know what it is. Okay, they don't know. Who knows? J-E-R-3-3-3. Yeah, so what do you think that is? J-E-R-3-3-3. it's see Jenny Gunner is for Jeremiah and 30, three 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 is 33 okay this one says call to me and I will be and there will be great and mighty things." to God that was not that's certainly we went right after that nurse that lady that was a doctor so well, actually, she didn't pray. It was the ten-year-old girl who prayed, and uh, so uh, so anyway, that's God's telephone number. By the way, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about that. Uh, these things are pretty nice, aren't they? Because you know, when I was up, you had a telephone on the wall. It might have been four people on the line, and then we can carry this phone around wherever we are. You call that. that's that's about as good as calling. Well, not really quite uh, uh, because this only can work with physical means God can work with spiritual means. But you see how marvelous that is, how how that God's, God sent the hot water bottle, he sent the dolly, and he sent that afternoon. Oh here, I've gotta finish this. Okay. Rubbing down to the bottom of the box, she pulled out the small beautiful dress dolly, her eyes show, and she had never doubted. Looking up at me, she asked, Can I go over with you, Mommy, and give this dolly to that little girl so she'll know that Jesus really loves her? That parcel had been on the way for five whole months. And it came that very day that she did. Packed up by my old GC, GCU class, the leader ate her and obeyed God's promise to send a hot water bottle, even to the equator. And one of the girls that put in a dolly for an African child five months before an answer to the bleeding prayer of a ten year old to bring back to you. Can God still perform miracles as he was saying yesterday, today and forever? In Israel, Africa, else, and anywhere else, where in the faith to Okay, let me go back. Okay, I'm going to read uh, one more for the adults. You all have heard George Mueller. Uh, The following incident from the life of George Mueller is related by Mr. Inglis, who heard the story from the captain of the ship with whom Mueller prayed. So the captain was telling somebody else after it happened. When I first came to America 31 years ago, I crossed the Atlantic with the captain of a steamer who was one of the most devoted men I ever knew, and when we were off the banks of Newfoundland, he said to me, Mr. Inglis, the last time I crossed here five weeks ago, one of the most extraordinary things happened, which has completely revolutionized the whole of my Christian life. Up to that time, I was one of your ordinary Christians. We had a man on board, George Mueller of Bristol. I had been on that bridge for 22 hours and never left it. I was startled by someone tapping me on the shoulder. It was George Mueller. Captain, he said, I've come to tell you that I must be in Quebec on Saturday afternoon. This was Wednesday. It is impossible, I said. Very well. If your ship can't take me, God will find some other means of locomotion to take me. I have never broken an engagement in 57 years. I would willingly help you. How can I? I'm helpless. Let us go down to the chart room and pray. I looked at that man of God and I thought to myself, What lunatic asylum could that man have come from? I never heard of such a thing. Mr Mueller, I said, Do you know how dense the fog is? No, he replied. My eye is not on the density my eye is not on the density of the fog, but on the living God who controls every circumstance of my life. He got down on his knees and prayed one of the most simple prayers. I muttered to myself, that would suit a children's class where the children are not more than eight or nine years old. The burden of his prayer was something like this, "O Lord, if it is consistent with thy will, "'please remove this fog in five minutes. "'You know the engagement you made for me in Quebec Saturday. "'I believe it is your will.' "'When he finished, I was going to pray, "'but he put his hand on my shoulder and told me not to pray. First, you do not believe he will, "'and second, I believe he has, "'and there is no need whatever for you to pray about it.' "'I looked at him, and George Mueller said, "'Captain, I have known my Lord for forty-seven years,' And there has never been a single day that I have failed to gain an audience with the king. Get up, captain, and open the door, and you will find the fog is gone. I got up, and the fog was gone. You tell that to some people of a scientific turn of mind, and they will say, that is not according to natural laws. No, it is according to spiritual laws. The God with whom we have to do is omnipotent. Hold on to God's omnipotence. Ask believingly. On Saturday afternoon, I may, I may add, George Mueller was there on time. Well, there's a lot of verses we could refer to. Matthew 7, ask, seek, knock. You know, uh, 1 John five fourteen fifteen 15 says we have the confidence of what we ask and we receive. And um, Hebrews 4, 5, four sixteen, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. So we could go on and on about prayer, but... Um, that's just scratching the surface, hardly scratching the surface. Um, yeah, I wanted to, don't have much time left, but I wanted to leave a little bit of time, give you all opportunity to, uh, to uh, give some answers to prayer that you've experienced. So, um, well, let's just kneel for prayer first, and then we'll do that. Father, we thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're the same God who answered Helen Roosevelt's prayer, George Mueller's prayers, the blind man's prayers, the leper's request. And so, Father, may we um, trust you, and in our, in our. Uh, inclination to try to manage ourselves manage things ourselves and find a way through situations that we would learn to turn to you so increase our faith as the disciples said increase our faith and father may we learn to uh, lean on you and request of you in a way that brings glory to you so, in the days ahead, the things that we face, may we remember that you are God who hears and answers prayer and uh, somehow work that out in our lives, again, for our, for our blessing, but most of all, the people would see how great you are and would increase our faith, too. We, uh, we thank you again this morning for your mercy, your long-suffering, your patience with us, and again, we acknowledge our need for cleansing, for forgiveness. Uh, Thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin. Father, we thank you that we can be in a right relationship with you and our conscience can be clear. And so continue to teach us. May we be teachable. And uh, and you continue to mold us into your image. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Maybe I'll just let Philip uh, close here and... uh, See, we usually have a song of... Joe, you got a song? <laughs>